You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Hey, welcome to church. My name is Keith, and I'm the campus pastor in Lubbock. Many of you know this, but uh, me and Cody did the old switcheroo today, and he uh, drove up to Lubbock, and I'm here in Midland, and we're, we're excited to preach at each other's campuses, um, and I'm just excited to be here with you today. If it's your first time at Renew Life, we want to welcome you here. Church, can we give them a big hand clap? Welcome. Welcome. How many of you were here last week for Ben Armstrong? Anybody enjoy having been here? It was, uh, it was amazing, amazing Sunday. I heard that uh, he just did a great job Sunday morning, and then uh, it was pretty cool. I know he did a night of prophecy with you guys, and for those of you who didn't make it, man, it was, it was really awesome. There was over 320 people here last Sunday night, the night of prophecy, and then he came up to Lubbock on Monday, and he did a night of prophecy on Monday night in Lubbock, and we had close to 150 people there at that service. And um, so it was just an amazing weekend with him in town. I know personally I was super encouraged by, by him being here, and, and uh, I kind of feel like we're riding the momentum of that. So, um, so yeah, anyway, um, I'm just excited to, to get into the Word today. If you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to be reading from a passage of scripture. This is Jesus talking. And um, I'll kind of catch you up on the context of this passage here in a little bit. Uh, but let's just dive right into scripture today and look at what Jesus says. I think, this is, I think today's message is really going to encourage you. I think it's going to be something that's extremely relatable. And I also think that it's going to be something that can prepare you for whatever, has to, uh, whatever life has to throw at you. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Look at your neighbor and say, you're wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the, rain, <clears throat> when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Have you noticed that there's actually nothing that you can do to avoid the issues of life? Did you know that no one in the room today is actually immune from bad stuff kind of happening in life. Aren't you so encouraged already this morning, right? Like, but it, but it, it is kind of true, right? There, there's no one in the room who just lives a perfect life. There's no one in the room who gets, who has this special ability to, to avoid the flat tires or avoid, um, you know, the, uh, the relational issue you, you could have with someone to, to avoid something wrong going with your house. Like no one in the room can actually get away from that because the truth is life just kind of happens, right? You know, uh, just to kind of invite you into to my world over the last four to six weeks at the Knoll House, it, is, it, is, it has been one of the, the hardest four to six weeks that we've probably ever had. It has not been a, um, a, super, a super fun month. 
And um, I'm gonna complain to you for just a little bit, but I promise you there is a point to the complaining, all right? But ever since January 1st, we have had a plumbing issue at our home. We literally woke up January 1st, completely backed up in our house, not being able to use the restroom, not being able to shower, not being able to do anything. Um, I, I did not receive that since it's on January 1st. I did not receive that as my, the prophetic word for my year. I was like, this is not, crap is not gonna happen all year, all right? This is, this is not, I'm not receiving this word. And we kinda, we had some people come out, look at it. It seemed like the issue resolved itself. Well, literally about three weeks ago, the same issue came back again. And here we are, I mean, literally, we, we can't wash clothes. We can't do any, any, any of the things that we, we need to do. We have three kids. Two of them are boys. One of them smells really bad. We needed to be able to wash our clothes. I mean, just, it's, just, it's just bad. And many of, you, many of you know this. It's not just for people in ministry, even with what you're doing. Like, life is stressful out there. And you need to have a place where you can come and get away from it all. See, your home is supposed to be your sanctuary. Your home is supposed to be this place where you can find peace. Your home is supposed to be that place where you can sit on the couch, watch American Idol for two hours, cry a little bit, and then just go to bed and be happy. That's what your house is for. And we couldn't, it was like we could not get away from the, the chaos. We had plumbers coming out, lying straight to my face, wanting to charge over five grand to fix, fix the problem. I mean, it is just, in it, we're, we're waking up last Friday, it's 4 a.m. and all of a sudden we hear the toilets gargling. That's, that was our alarm for Friday. And I wake up and me and my wife look at each other like, oh God, it's happening again. And I'm sprinting outside, looking at the clean out, it's full, I run back in, showers filling up, running back out, grabbing the shop vac. And y'all know I can barely make it to the 9 a.m. service and this is 4 a.m. And I'm, it, it is just, I, it is horrible. Not only that, we, um, We've had some transitions on our staff in Lubbock, all really good, all godly. We're all behind it. Yes, go do this thing. It's what God's calling you to do next. However, it still leaves a gap on my staff. It still has my wife picking up the slack. It still puts extra pressure on us. Like it's, it's transition. It's not, we have, we're having people call us wanting to meet. Some people are, are um, we're having conversations. They're transitioning out of the church, wanting to go somewhere else. Now, it's not all bad. Not everyone's leaving. There's nothing wrong going on. It's just God's kind of moving people. And, but hard conversations, hard issues. And the other night, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I just looked at my wife and I said these words, I quit. I quit. She's like, what are you quitting? I'm quitting everything. I'm quitting life, I'm quitting pastoring, I'm gonna quit parenting, I'm gonna quit the whole thing, I'm going to Hawaii, you have fun, I'm out. Anybody ever said the words, I quit? Just like you are so, I was so fed up with everything going wrong. Just like, what is going on, Lord? Lord, I'm a pastor. I'm a, pa y'all didn't get that, okay. <clears throat> like, Lord, like, all this bad stuff, I, I I preach the gospel, God. I wake up earlier than the majority of the population on the earth on Sunday morning, on the day that they all get to, I'm, I'm up there on Saturdays preparing messages in the word of God, and you're letting all this crap come up through my shower? What is going on, Lord? What's happening? I told Natalie, I quit, I quit. 
But in that moment, is there a Windows computer in here? What just happened? <laughs> Those were extinct like 15 years ago. How? I'm like, do I have a laptop or my notes on my Windows today? Okay. So that one got me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Windows 98. All right. Okay, here we go. Moving on. <clears throat> There was, this, there was this moment that the Holy Spirit so highlighted to me when I said those words. Because when I said I quit, I immediately heard a, another voice on the inside of me said, no, you don't. No, you don't. You didn't even mean it when you said it. You ain't quitting. You're not giving up. You don't know how to quit. It's not in you to quit. You were not made to quit. You can't quit. You don't stop saying that you're going to quit. I know it feels good for you to say that you quit, but you know good and well, Keith, you ain't quitting. And there was this moment where it was like the Lord was like, no, there's more in you than you think there is. There's more in you to withstand what life is throwing at you right now. There's more in you to withstand the, the, the stuff that is going on in your life. You know, Jesus was talking to us about these kind of situations in Matthew chapter 7. And he, he, he dives into, and he talks about two people. He talks about the person who builds their house on bedrock, and he talks about the person who builds their house on sand. But you know what he says to both people? He says, in my own words, he says, the rain's coming. Wouldn't that be an awesome bumper sticker? The rain is coming. Just so encouraging. He said, though the rain comes to the first man, and then he says, when the rain comes to the second one. In other words, Jesus actually taught us that sometimes in life, bad things happen to good people. That sometimes there's, there's, there's these issues that you can't run away from. There's these situations that you may find yourself in. And guess what? Sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It actually happens to you. And I know that's not the most encouraging thing to hear when you come to church on a Sunday. And I know that's not like the, the message that you really want to hear, but we would all admit in the room today that, that it's actually real, isn't it? Amen. It's real. But Jesus does give us some good news. He says there's actually a way for you to be ready for it. There's actually a way for you to be ready for whatever life tries to throw at you. So the question I wanna ask you today is, are you ready? How do you know if you're ready? I wanna to title today's message from an old Chevy commercial, Like a Rock. <laughs> Let's pray, because I'm gonna need it. Lord we, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. <clears throat> yeah, we just, we kinda of settle in today. Um, we settle into the truth. We even let our soul and our mind catch up to this moment. <clears throat> we don't, even right now, we just pray that we would not live past this moment. We would not be, we're not already headed to lunch in our mind. We're not already headed to Monday today, no. Because we've now gathered today doing what you called, what you made your body to do is to gather and to hear your word and to advance and, and to grow. Yeah, so we just ask your, that your word today would do just that in us. If there's any area in our life that doesn't line up with this word, we say when we leave today, our life will line up with this word because it is absolute truth. 
And we thank you for your word today in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 You know what's interesting about Matthew chapter 7 is this little passage that we read is actually the conclusion. It's the conclusion to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, you, you might would, you not be able to see that in Scripture because he actually starts his sermon all the way back in Matthew chapter 5. And so this is a two-chapter message that Jesus preaches. And Jesus teaches all kinds of things in this sermon. Um, he teaches on the Beatitudes. He, he talks about us being salt and light. He talks about the golden rule, you know, treat others like you want to be treated. You thought that was your third grade teacher's saying. It's actually Jesus, right? He, he, teaches, he, he teaches us about prayer in Matthew chapter 6. All, there's, there's just a, a, a ton of topics that Jesus touches here. And there's so, and I want you to grab a hold of this. There's so many topics that he talks about here that, that pastors like myself, churches, they will do a six-week series on just one little paragraph out of this message. That's how much knowledge and revelation and wisdom is in this sermon that he teaches. And it's, and it's, and it's with that context that we read Matthew chapter 7. And I actually want to read it to you again. I want you to think about he's, he's taught all this truth. And this is how he concludes his message. Let's read it again. He says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. If I could kind of paraphrase in my own words what Jesus said at the end of his message. He looked out at the audience and he said, hey everyone, thanks for coming today. I really appreciate you coming and listening to this sermon on this mount. It's been fun, really glad that you're here. Really glad that you got to, to sit and, and hear all this, this revelation. But you need to listen to me today it's not enough that you just heard it because if you don't do it, you won't experience the life that is in it. You have to hear this word and you have to do it if you actually wanna see the blessing that comes from it. I'm really glad that you came today. I'm really glad that you, you decided to bring your kids to church. I'm really glad that you, you, you came and you listened and I, I know I shared a lot with you today, but you need to hear this one thing. You won't make it in life unless you do what I taught you. You've gotta hear it and you've got to do it. You've got to hear it, and you've got to follow it. Notice what Jesus taught in this scripture. He did not say it's good enough for you just to know the word. He didn't say, you know, anyone who hears my word will be like a person who builds their house on bedrock. Notice he gave us two instructions here. He says, those who hear and those who follow. See, growing up kind of in the Bible Belt, you grow up in Texas, you know, you, 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 you probably prayed in school growing up. I know if you played football, you prayed before every single game. I know the prayer that you prayed because you prayed the Lord's Prayer, but so did the other team. And you also prayed that you would win, but so did the other team. So what's God supposed to do? <laughs> you kind of set him up on that one. <clears throat> we, we know the word here. You know the word. 
But it's not enough for us just to know the word. Are you hearing me today? Hearing the word, knowing the word, doesn't make us like a rock. It's actually our doing. It's actually our obedience. It's actually our following the word of God that establishes us, that makes us strong, that brings maturity into our life. When I hear and when I do is when I, when I become the house built on bedrock. I've got to actually do it. And here's the best part. You don't even have to do it perfect. He's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your faith. And when you hear and you do it in faith, guess what? You're, you're, you're becoming stronger. You're building this, this, this root system. And today I'm sharing this message with you because I don't want you to think about all the times that, you, that you've heard and haven't done. I'm actually wanting you to think about all the times that you've heard and you have done. In fact, by a show of hands, if you've ever heard the word of God and done what you heard, raise your hand. Anybody ever done it? Anybody heard it and done it? Guess what? Here's, I want to make a promise to you that Jesus made. He said, now you are like a house built on bedrock. Whatever comes your way, whatever crap comes out of your house, whatever winds or floods or whatever comes, guess what? You won't collapse. You have to understand today that every single time you've obeyed the word of God, it was literally like adding a little, I know I'm talking to some men in here who like to work. It's like adding a little bit of quick creep to your foundation. Every time you obeyed, guess what happens? It's like you just sprouted off another root. Every time you heard and you obeyed, it's like that root just went a little bit deeper and just went a little bit deeper and went a little bit deeper. Every single time that you hear, every single time that you obey, you have to realize there's something more happening than you can see on the surface. When you choose to love that person that doesn't deserve to be loved, not only are you loving and doing what God has called you to do, you're actually hearing and obeying and you're actually becoming stronger and more sturdy in your foundation. Every time you decide to tithe, you're not just sowing into the kingdom and watching God open up the windows of heaven and allowing him to bless your life. That, that, that's gonna happen, but guess what else happens? Oh, you just were a hearer and a doer. So guess what? You just became stronger. You just added more concrete. You just got another root. You just became more mature. You just became someone who someone else can lean on. You just got stronger. See, there's more happening today than you just showing up for church. Some of you came today and that was the best that you could do. It was just to come. Oh, but you heard and you obeyed. So not only will you get the benefits of this message, you'll get the benefits of hearing and doing. I want you to know today, if you are a hearer and you are a doer, you are prepared for whatever life has to throw at you. I want to read it the way the Lord kind of shared it, with, uh, shared it to me. He said, every time you hear and obey, every time you hear and do, you are preparing the foundation of your life in advance for whatever life might try to throw at you. Many of you know, uh, Braden kind of gave this, this word. He had this vision of this warrior coming back from battle. He was, he was sweaty and bloody, and he, he knew that the, the, he was done fighting. He still had a sword in his hand, but he was done fighting. He was kind of coming back to be um, intimate with his family and to love on his family. And the Lord began to show him it's a season that we are in as a church, that we are, that we're kind of done fighting. And it's time to return to love. 
if you've been around church for the last two years, three years, we've kind of been in a fight, right? We've been fighting. I don't want to go into all the details, but there's been COVID, and then there's been masks, and then there's been vaccinations, and there been social justice issues. There's been all these things that the church is trying to figure out, that the people of God are trying to figure out. And, and uh, I mean, it's just, been, it's just been kind of crazy, but we've been fighting. Like, like you, can't, you can't even not say something on Instagram, and you still get in trouble. I'm speaking from experience. Like, you don't say something and you get a message. You get, you get a backdoor message. And I got some backdoor messages too, but I just decided not to share them. Because the scripture kind of says to be slow to speak, which is what you should have done before you sent me the message. <laughs> just going to leave that one right there. All right. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to drop the mic, so I just dropped the bottle. Can I have that back, please? Oh, I just, I'm spilling stuff. My bad. Yeah, I put a hole in it. You know, just, it's no big deal. Just let it drip on you the rest of the service. It's the anointing. <clears throat> God bless your ministry. <clears throat> um, it's, it's like we've been, we've just been fighting and, and we're almost like Braden. I love the example that he gave because it's like, We've been fighting so much that we just, every, every time we turn or we look, it's like we're, we're, we're ready to fight. It's not, time, it's, it's not time to fight, it's time to love. It's time to, it's time to actually move into loving one another. I, I share that example because I want you to, I want you to realize this. <clears throat> we just got out of a season of fighting. That season of fighting didn't surprise God. He knew that season was coming he knew we would be going through that. He knew there would be things that we, would just, that we would struggle with. And if he knew about it, guess what? I believe that he wanted us to be prepared for it. If God knew that was coming, he wanted his people to be prepared. Just like you want your kids to be prepared, he wants you to be prepared. And, and, and I, I just want to simplify this for just a second. God can prepare, we, we don't have to know what's coming to be prepared. In fact, I've been giving my prophets kind of a hard time because you know what everyone was saying about 2020? Oh, 2020, the year of vision, clear vision. You're gonna see everything. I'm like, well, some of y'all need some glasses because y'all didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I didn't either, so no, no offense, but like. <clears throat> but we didn't see it coming, but here's the thing, you don't have to see it coming. We don't have to know exactly what's going to happen. We don't have to know what life is gonna throw at us. You know what we need to worry about? I'm gonna hear and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hear and I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna hear and I'm gonna obey. Because if I do that, guess what? I'll be like a house built on bedrock. It don't matter what comes, I ain't collapsing. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be the one that is ready and it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you don't go through something. It doesn't mean that you don't feel something in your soul. Man, if I could just, my, the last, last five, six weeks, and of course there's been some spiritual things going on, but man, it's like it's been everything I could, could do to hold my soul together. We're all, we, we, we all get to these places. But there's, if I could use this word, there's like a resolve on the inside that says, I just know deep down on the inside, I won't collapse. 
Have you ever been around a strong person before? Someone who's spiritually strong. You get around them and you just know, oh man, that dude is packing some heat. That's like a pastor thing. And we say that. Like if you, if you got like the goods going on the inside, oh, they're packing heat. You get around that woman, it's like, oh, she is so strong. Like, I just know if there was anything I was going through with my kids or my husband, I could just, I could go to her. She would be, uh, just, she would be a rock. You know what I know about those people? This, I I just, I, I know this because Jesus taught it. I know for a fact that they are doers of the word. Because the strength that they have and the strength that you're sensing is a strength that only comes when they've heard the word and they've done it. You can be this person. You are this person. I want to encourage you today. You are this person. You won't collapse. As Steve was sharing his ministry time, I, I kind of felt impressed to share a little bit. I, I, I taught a part two on this message. And I called it fruit or roots. Some of you need to hear this today. The ones that feel stuck, the ones that feel like you, 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 uh, you're not progressing, you should be further along. Can I just encourage you? You may not see fruit right now, but if you don't see fruit, you know what you should assume? That you're getting roots. If you don't see fruit, make the assumption that God's producing roots that he's, he's making roots, that, that, that he's actually growing roots down on the inside. There is something that happens when you don't get the thing that you pray for. There are conversations that you have with God that you, will, you would never have unless you were going through a season of waiting to see the promise fulfilled. And he's working on the inside of you and he's dicing you up and he's saying, you still believe I'm good? Do you still trust me? Do you still think, think I will work things out for your good, for the good of those who love me and are called according to his purpose? Do you still believe that I have a plan for you? To prosper you, not to harm you? There is never, hear me today, there is never a time when you are following and you are hearing and you are obeying, that there's not something being created and grown on the inside of you. You can't see roots. Oh, but guess what produces the biggest, juiciest fruit? Deep roots. I hope that encourages you today. You know, the Lord kind of shares things with me this way, kind of simplifies it. If you've, if you've kind of done this whole hearing and obeying thing, you realize that immediate fruit rarely comes. You love the times when you see and you do something and then boom, it's like God shows up big and you're like, wow, that was like immediate, like fruit, boom, there's an apple, like just fast. The majority of the time it doesn't happen that way, does it? You know what the Lord sh showed me? He said, if I gave immediate fruit to everyone, the whole world would be saved. There would be no chairs empty in this seat. Because you could just tell, call your friend over and say, hey, do this, watch this. And they'd be like, do it. And then there's the apple. Boom, they're good. Oh, the people of God are called to believe and endure and persevere 
and keep going and realize during the whole time, oh, he's so good. If I don't see fruit, he must be producing roots. He must be doing something on the inside of me to make me strong. James 1, says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is, or he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Let me say it another way. Someone who hears the word and continues to do it. Continues, continues, continues. Oh, it got hard. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with it. Continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. I don't have a lot of time, but I want to close. I want to close with this, this one idea. And it's really important that you hear me today. It, it may seem a little bit heavy, but I think it's going to bring some clarity to why things happen in life. <clears throat> hear, me, hear me right now. It's actually dangerous for you to hear the word and not do it. It actually becomes dangerous. The word that you hear, I'm talking about the word of God. The truth that you hear is the truth that you become responsible for. Now, is there grace? Absolutely. Is there mercy? 100%. But we become responsible for the words that we hear. Just a little nugget here. If you're someone who, who counsels people and you're someone who the, uh, people come to you for advice, pay attention to the Holy Spirit because there will be moments when he tells you not to share everything. Because if you were to share everything, they'd become responsible for the thing that you just share. Let me give you a scripture. Jesus said, I got many things to tell you. You're just not ready for them right now. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit just, just takes it one step at a time with us? Newsflash, he knows everything that's messed up with us. He knows everything that's good with us. He knows our strong points. Our, he knows us. And he's so gracious to just come and say, hey, this one right now. But you see, we become responsible for the word that we hear. Here's what James actually teaches. He says, if you hear the word and you don't do it, you actually deceive yourself. It's possible for you to fall into deception when you hear and you don't do. <clears throat> Let me give you an example. I've been in church for a really long time. I've been pastoring for a really good amount of time. And I've encountered this with certain people. Certain people who know the word, they know a bunch of it. They know it better than I do. And we, it's, just, it's this weird thing, but we can, act, we can actually fall into this place where we think that because we know the word so well, we'll actually start believing that we're doing it. Oh yeah, I know that brother. Oh, you preach that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard that scripture. I know that. I know that. And you know so much word. For some reason, we sit around and just assume that we're doing it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm crushing the whole love your neighbor thing. Killing it. I'm like, bro, you haven't, you haven't talked to anybody in like two years. How are you loving somebody without talking to them? 
Oh, go into all the world, brother. Preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. Are we? It's like we, is this making sense? It's like we, we can know it so well that we just assume we are doing it. And the truth is we have to ask ourselves, are we? Are we really doing it? See, the problem with deception is that people who are deceived don't know that they're deceived. That's the, the, the nature of deception. Now hear, hear me today, can God come in and pick you right up out of that de de deception, out of his grace, love and mercy and be like, hey, wake up, he so can. But I've said this before, you know what's better than, get, than, um, than getting healed? Not ever needing a miracle in the first place. You know what's better than him coming and having to reach in and say, hey, you, you've been deceived? Don't get deceived. I, I'm kind of a competitive person. Don't give the devil a day off. If, you'll, if, if you're deceiving yourself, what's he got to do? Don't do his work. <laughs> now, I know that's a little bit heavy, but I'll tell you this, so many people get so confused because they know the word and they've been taught the word and they've, been, and they've heard the, the, the message and they say, I know what God says, I know what he's promised, and yet I'm still in this mess. And you know what they do? They start to blame God. God, why haven't you? Why do you do it for them and not me? Why this, why that? And the question we really have to ask ourselves is not why God, we just go back and say, hey, Keith, have you been doing the word? Have you been hearing, have you been doing? Make sure in humility, you come to him and say, Lord, if I've been missing it, help me, help me. I'll kind of close with this one quote. It's from Reinhard Bonnke. He said this, God always works with workers and moves with movers, but he does not sit with sitters. And the reason I quoted him is because it hit like that and I just wanted him to be responsible for that quote right there. But in the context of what I'm saying, he work, God works with workers and he moves with movers. God works with doers. Oh, you better, you better hear me today. If you hear and you do, you are like a house built on bedrock. You are like a rock. It doesn't matter what wind comes. It doesn't matter what life has to throw at you. Don't, you. You don't need to live your life in fear. Don't live your life expecting something bad to happen. Oh, but if it comes, just know it may shake you, but you ain't gonna collapse. It may bother you a little bit, but you ain't going nowhere. You can say you wanna quit all you want, but you know deep down on the inside, you ain't quitting. Are you hearing me today? You ain't quitting. You weren't born to be a quitter. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in this section right here. It dwells in you. The power of the living God rests on the inside of you. You lay hands on the sick and you watch them recover. You share the gospel with people and watch them get saved. You invite people to church for Easter and they come because you are so compelling and so loving. You actually are able to love that coworker who drives you absolutely up the wall. And you're not saying, Keith, you're like, Keith, I'm not saying I quit. I'm wishing they would say they quit. Get out of my life. 
Maybe you're in their life for a reason. Maybe you've given up on them or you've given up on yourself. Stop giving up. We are not made to give up. Don't grow weary and well-doing. At just the right time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. You're, a, you're built on bedrock. You're strong. You're strong. You are strong. If I could quote my Remember the Titans movie, how strong? Too strong. How strong? Too strong. You are too strong. That's what God has done on the inside of you. You say, well, I feel weak. Well, I got a scripture for you. When you feel weak, he's strong. Lord, I ain't got nothing left to give. Great, let the Spirit take over. Oh, you, may, you mean you've come to the end of yourself? Maybe that was the point. So God say, yeah, yeah, you can't do it in and of yourself anyway. I've been trying to collaborate with you this whole time. It's about time you listen. He's so gracious, he's so loving. I'm not preaching a message of law today. I'm not preaching a, hey, you better obey that word or you better expect to be deceived. No, 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 that's not the point. But I am speaking truth today. And out of his grace and out of his love, he would want you to know, you need to be a hearer and you need to be a doer. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.